Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, the topic for the sermon will be choose now. Choose now. And I'm going to be reading from the King James Version today. And um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Joshua, the Old Testament, Joshua, chapter 24 and verse 15. Chapter 24 of Joshua and verse 15. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in the day we're living right now, which today it is, um, uh, today is October the 24th of 2020. And in America, we're at a, uh, we're at a place of decision. A place of decision to make choices and we have a presidential election that's here and you can either choose it's very clear what the choice is this time because the nation of America which I'm preaching from has driven itself way over the cliff and been there for a while but we just keep digging that deeper and deeper into sin we have rejected God and his precepts and principles. We've rejected God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, which you can find in Exodus, the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 20. So, so therefore, we're at a place to where our society is crumbling by the day, falling apart, rioting, stealing, murdering, you name it, they're doing it. Then, you have people who are standing by watching, like the media, who have now gone into this place of, of rejection. They're now pushing back on God. You have politicians push, pushing back or away from God. They're rejecting God altogether. They want to be a God. They are um, They're in a place in their mind where they know better than God, but... Because they reject God, they hate God, therefore they have to hate America, which was blessed by God to serve Him and put Him first. Therefore, they go to hate America, and anyone that loves God, they go to hate them also. And they have planned for many a year, probably 70, 80, 100 years on this time where we're at, They, because they've got people who reject God, who are atheists or they claim to be atheists, whatever, or they reject God and his principles. They've, they've put them in, uh, these groups have gone into the, the public school system, colleges, um, you name it, businesses, especially politics or whatever, and they all work together, but it's, they think it's them. Actually, it's the forces of evil. It's satanic forces, demonic and evil forces that are guiding these people because Satan hates 
God the Father. And you can read about Satan in uh, um, the Old Testament book of Job where it describes Satan as he used to be the number one angel and he was called at one time Lucifer. And he was supposed to be the most beautiful angel that there was that God created. But then Lucifer got in himself where he wanted to be like the most high God. He wanted to be God. Pride. That's the first sin. So therefore, he got a third of the angels together to reject God the Father. So God banned them from heaven and, and threw them to earth. You probably say, well, why would he do that? Because it's in God's plans. We don't know everything, but God's in control and we're not. You know, but that's what God allowed them to go there to do, to come here. And so, so therefore, they were here. Then we go, which you can find in um, uh, the book of Genesis, the first book in the Old Testament. And you can start reading from chapter 1 to 5, or yeah, and where it talks about Adam and Eve and all. And that God had blessed them with everything. First it was Adam, then God put uh, put Adam asleep and he took a rib out and he created a woman from that that initially uh, Adam when he was created God created him from the dust of the earth see God can do that he's holy now a lot of you may be watching this video and uh, you like to be able to understand everything you know uh, it's like if you can't figure it out it can't be but that's not possible because just because you don't see like if you if you're not in Hawaii and somebody says, well, I've been to Hawaii. So are you going to say, well, I haven't been to can't be Hawaii because I've never seen it. So just because you haven't seen it or been there doesn't mean it's not so. Right? It's the same thing. You know, you'll reject God, but you put your trust in the chair that you've never sat in. You go to any place and they say, well, have a seat. And you automatically sit. You don't check it. And see if it's strong enough and beat it and all like that. So the whole, you just believe it and sit. Thinking, well, they wouldn't have a bad chair, which you really don't know. Because I have sat stuff that did break. You know? It's just one of those things. But most of us will believe anything, anytime, anywhere. But when it comes to God, oh, I can't believe God because it's impossible. Really? Not so. But anyways, so... Why did I say all that to say this? That there's a time when you have to choose, just like Joshua. Uh, there was the last chapter of Joshua, he was about to leave, and he addressed the congregation, and that's what he said. You know, he said, Choose you this day whether to serve God or serve something else, but make a choice. And that's where we're at today. Either this election we're at now for America. That's going to be November 3rd of 2020. Is a clear choice is to go back to God. Not saying the president's God. That's not what I'm saying. But to get America back to God through the right people being uh, president, senator, congress, and all like that. Or to turn away from God and vote for those who are on the other side. It's very clear. You have good and you have evil. Very clear. This election is one of the clearest one ever. And for those that say, well, I just don't, don't know who I'm voting for, that means 
what you're really declaring is, I'm too lazy to figure out who's what, or I just don't care, I don't want to be bothered, but I want my rights. Well, you got to fight for rights. Nothing's easy in this world, man. And if you've had it easy, sometimes that's not a good thing, because you expect your whole life to be that way. Look, bad things are going to happen. We live in a fallen world, because when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they were thrown out, and from that point over, they gave the rights they had to Satan, where now he rules the earth. Because they had, uh, Adam had that rule and gave it up when he disobeyed God. So God had to do all this to get it back because he can't go back on his word. His word is the way it is. You know, now he can show mercy. You know, instead of judging something, if the people repent, then he can, he cannot show harsh judgment of destruction. You know, or he can, um, he could, uh, Give you more time to get it right, but that's up to him. He's God. We're not. You got to understand, we're finite, man. Our minds can't go, but so far, I know you have a lot of people who go to people school, I call them, right? Because I hear all the time, well, how can you believe the Bible that man wrote? And well, how can you believe anything? If you don't learn something that came from other folks, you're not going to be able to function in society. If you don't learn a job that somebody else is going to show you, if you have that mentality, then how's anybody going to say anything to you? You're going to just question everything. I was just watching a, um, the video today with a prominent preacher, uh, preacher from California, and, uh, he made, and he was saying something that actually happened to him, that he had uh, some uh, young adults or whatever going to college, right, that came to him, and they were having a discussion. They literally said... Well, we don't even know if this is even happening, if we're, this discussion is even happening, or if we're actually here. And he goes, excuse me? What are you talking about? That's what we're taught in school, that, that we don't even know if we're here. We may not even be existing. This may be a, just a, a dream. Do you see the, the, dep the depravity of man when man thinks he's God and he creates stuff and... and then instead of thanking God who gave you that ability and knowledge and being grateful and humbling yourself before God, which is one of the biggest problems we have, we're so blessed in this nation, we're ungrateful. And in a lot of parts of the world, but mostly in America, because God has blessed America so much. But they're worshiping the blessings, not the blessed sir. Therefore, they're ungrateful because they think... People actually think they deserve good stuff. No, we deserve hell. Because in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, it says, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We're evil. There ain't no good person here. We need God. God doesn't need us, but we need God. You know? So, so what do you think? So what do you think should happen? Look, if you choose wrongly, if you choose... The wrong person that's being guided by Satan and all that group, you're going to get exactly that. You're going to get death and destruction. But if you choose for those who want God and want to see this nation turn back around to God, then you'll get the blessings of God. But the, mo the most important thing is you're serving God. You're humbling yourself before God and repenting. Repenting means asking forgiveness with a sorrowful heart. Knowing you've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. 
Let's go through some of them, okay? Are you a good person? Have you ever lied? If you're being honest, we've all lied, one way or another. There is no such thing as a white lie. Any lie, even as a child, no matter how long ago it was, because everything's in the past as we speak, right? So that means if you lie, what do you call a person that lies? A liar. Let that sink in. You're a liar. You're already guilty. You broke one. You broke one. You broke them all. Have you ever stolen anything? A paper clip, no matter how much it was. Borrowed a pen, never brought it back. Whatever it was. And we all have done that from time to time. I even realize because it's just part of it. That means you've stolen something. What do you call a person that steals a thief. Let that think. And so now you're a liar and a thief. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus in the New Testament, he says, if you look at another person with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart already, which is cheating on whatever, but you're looking, your mind has gone in that depravity, even if it's just seconds, right? And so, so part of the Ten Commandments is not, not to lie, not to steal, not to commit adultery. <laughs> Have you ever hated anyone in your heart? You know, if you're honest, most people have. Even if you get mad for that second, even if it's a half a second, you get mad with that hate. You're guilty. So if you, according to the New Testament, if you've hated someone in your heart, you've already committed murder in your heart. That's four, and there's ten. You know? Um, have you disobeyed your parents or you didn't honor your parents? That's against God also. That's in the Ten Commandments. It says, Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long. That's what? Five, I think now? Three, four, five? Um, uh, have you ever... Um, uh, let me see. Oh, have you... Have you ever created another God that wasn't God of the Bible? We all have this in our mind. We have a God in our mind that accepts everything we do as okay. So we've created an image of God in our mind that is false. And God said in the Ten Commandments uh, not to do that. You ever bear false witness that you said something bad about someone else that was you didn't even know if it was true or not? It's false witness. You don't know if it's true and you shouldn't be talking about them anyways. Right? That's bearing false witness. You know, you see, that's why we need to know the Ten Commandments. We're guilty, folks. Everyone is guilty. But it's just like I had a little while ago, I think it was last Sunday or Sunday before, uh, we were coming back from church and I stopped at a store or whatever, I had to cross over, and somebody was coming real fast. Come across, I didn't pay attention to it. We just went over to the store. Well, when I... Uh, came out of this convenience store. There was a lady there in the car. She says, hey, I'm like, can I help you? And, and she got into this spiel. Uh, it took me a little bit to understand what she was talking about. She was going, do you know I got a child in my car? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Charlie, your car, what now? Can you? And I said, can you go back over that again? I don't know what you're talking about. She said, I was coming down the road and you crossed the thing. You could have, we could have hit you and so and so forth. And so right away, you know, you know what I did? I was like, because I knew she was speeding, right? But I knew she didn't want to hear all that. You see, she was like most of us. 
You can see what other people does, but you can't see what you're doing. You see, she was speeding, right? So, but there was plenty of room to get across, and so therefore I did. I didn't think twice about it. Not that I'm any better, you know, because I know I've done that in the past too. But I, I realized that 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 young girl, she was a young girl uh, with a couple of children, whatever. And I guess she has this right, a self-righteous indignation that, hey, you know, how dare you? When, if you look at yourself, you've, we're all failed, you know. But anyways, getting back to the story. So she did her spiel and all. And so all I said to her was, well, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, about this whole thing. I'm so sorry. And then she just stopped in her tracks from talking and she was like speechless. You know, she goes, oh, okay. And then she left, right? Now, if I would have said, well, you were speeding your own self, I would have started an argument because she didn't want to hear all that, right? Started an argument. Um, and I didn't have time to witness to her because she, she wasn't going to hang around. Um, so there would have been a big thing, blow up and all this stuff. And it would have been for naught. But instead of being self-righteous myself and just say, well, you're the one actually speeding, it don't really matter. Nobody got hurt. It's over with, whatever. So I just said, oh, well, I'm sorry, you know. No big deal. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you felt that way, whatever, you know, so I'm sorry about the whole situation. No big deal. She left. No more problem. But most people will want to justify themselves, you know, and I could have done that, but for what, you know? It's not worth it. Not that I'm any better. By no means, you know. Um, and maybe and maybe I, I, I wasn't seeing what she saw. You know, I don't know. Or what she thought she saw. I don't know. You know, I didn't want to get into all that. So I said, why not just, hey, well, I'm sorry. You know, no big deal. You know, and that was it. You know, because when you repent, you know, I'm saying that's not repenting to God. But when you're just, you have a sorrowful heart, you know, you say, oh, you know, well, I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, then it, 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 it's like you stop people in their tracks because now they have nothing to work with to continue an argument and they can't get mad. They were mad, but now they're not mad because you said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, and so that ended the day. Maybe she continued thinking about it and getting up and out of shape. I don't know. That's on them, whatever. Uh, but I did learn something from, you know, God, because God, if you allow God, he'll teach you something every day, small, medium, large, whatever, don't matter. But God will teach you through whatever circumstance you have to be in if you you allow yourself to be able to be taught, you know. But see, in the days we live right now, you know, you have people that are, are ripe for destruction, you know. They're looking for a problem so they can show themselves. And, you know, I've seen people, including myself in the past, you know, but I've seen it where you can get so mad that it just escalates to something that didn't need to go there in the first place, you know. So you're looking terrible. The other person's looking terrible. They could get into a fight, and that fight could end up uh, killing one one person or two people or or some bystander just standing there or whatever, you know, because that happens all the time, you know. So if you can avoid stuff, it's a good thing, you know what I mean? And it's even better if you're able to witness after that, whatever the case may be, you know. But anyways, 
But now we've got to, everybody's self-righteous and they got to prove something or they're in a group makes itself feel better because this group is all upset too. So now you got a reason to be upset. You just make something up, don't matter what it is. The whole thing could be false, but we're we're being abused, so we're going to fight back, you know, because everybody likes being in a group and you know everybody doing it together. Just like uh, most people when they're drinking alcohol, they want to drink with somebody else, you know. Or if you do drugs, you want to do drugs with somebody else in groups or whatever. Not always, but the majority likes that, right? Let's sin together because if you're sinning, then it must be okay for me to sin because you're sinning. No, you're both. <laughs> You're both doing wrong, and if you die in that, if you die in the rejection of God, never repenting, then when you die, you're going to go to hell to a place where you will be burning. And we don't need that, right? Okay. Now, turn in your Bibles to the, uh, the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13. Okay, 29 and verse 13, and it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. If you want to find God, just ask God. Say, God, show me, show me yourself, you know, show me that you're real or whatever. You know, God knows your heart. If you seriously seek God, you will find God. Because God's not lost, we're the ones that are lost. He's always there, but we've got to ask, we've got to search, we've got to seek. You know, God's a gentleman, he's not going to be bothering you and pushing on, no. If you want him, you got to seek him. you got to want that. It's just like if you're dating, right? Male or female, whatever, you know, as long as we keep it uh, male dating a, a female or female dating a male, that's the, that's the godly way. The other way is evil. So, if you need, you have to seek that, right? You see somebody you like, you go ask them, you talk to them, whatever, you know, build up relationships, see how that goes, and go from there. And I don't mean to jump in bed the first night. No, that's not dating, man. That's that's called sinning. No, that's not God's way. You date, you know, you go out or something, go to dinner. Best to go to church, you know, spend your time in church. Or find someone who's in church already is a whole lot easier, you know. But you do that, you date for a while, you get to learn a person, see if it's if it's a good match. You'll know after a while, you know. Then if it, if you know you love the person, it's going to work out great. Whatever. Then you get married, and then you have marital marital sex, not sex before marriage. No, all that does is mess everything up and complicates your life. I'm telling you, you know. Because if you just wait and do it the right way, be patient. Don't be jumping into everything. That's where that's where the world is today, and especially America. When we were doing it the right way, you didn't have all these problems. Now you have fatherless children, you know, um, because you're just sleeping around, getting pregnant, whatever. Now you get the, the social system that's doing all this, who's supporting all this behavior, and uh, you can't have a father in the house you know, because then you can't be married to collect this government stuff. So it pushes, it creates more of the same behavior because it be, it's become a lifestyle now. It's how they make a living because they're raised in it. This has been going on since the 60s, so you got a lot of generations. 
The mother gets up, does the same thing, sleeps around, whatever, has a bunch of children. Then those children do the same thing. The girls get pregnant. The boy goes out and get other people pregnant. And you just have this cycle over and over. And it never stops, man. It always leads to death and destruction, everything, because they'll go into crime or whatever, or go to jail. It's just the drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, and the children suffer, and then they grow up and do the same thing. It never ends. It's got to end. You know how you stop it? Do the right thing. Don't be in a rush to do all that. But you have to be taught, you know. If we don't teach people, those that are Christians, if you're a Christian watching this, if you don't witness to people and get involved in people's lives and children's lives and teach them, you know, it's good to do it in church, but you need to go outside the church. That's where this, most of the problem is. We got to do our part. And that's what's been failing. Churches have failed. They're doing the same thing everybody else is doing. No, you're supposed to be a light in a dark world. The Bible says you don't hide a light under a bush where you can't see it. No, you let the light shine so you can see it brings light for everyone, not just yourself. That's how it's supposed to work. Like I said, none of this is rocket science. Okay, now turn in your Bibles to the Old, the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 through 15. 2 Kings, chapter 17, verse 13 through 15, the Old Testament. Okay, and it says, Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law. That's the Ten Commandments, the moral law which I commanded your fathers. And in the Jewish time, they had a little extra stuff, but the Ten Commandments was the main law. In which I sent to you by the servants, of the servants, the prophets, 14, notwithstanding they would not hear, but harden their necks, like to the neck of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God. Verse 15, and they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he testified against them, and they followed and they followed vanity and became vain. It's all about them. And went after the heathen, that means the godless, that were round about them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. Don't be like the godless people. Because they have no morals. Of course, I've heard people say, oh, well, I'm an atheist, but I have morals. It's impossible. If you reject God, you reject right and wrong. Because right and wrong comes from the Ten Commandments. God's moral law. So if you reject God, you have to reject the law because it's of God. You can't. No, it doesn't work that way. So that means you have no morals. So that means you're subject to anything. And they usually do anything. Because nothing bothers them. Because uh, um, I mean, God tries to convict them, but they keep pushing it off. And after a while, you just don't feel the conviction anymore. You know, you just do whatever pops into your head. And that's why we got a mess today. And all it comes from is a rejection of God. Okay, the last the last place we're going to be reading is the New Testament uh, book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. That's the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 19 31. And after that, then we're going to start closing it out.
Okay? So, 19 to 31. There was a certain, this is Jesus speaking, and he's telling this parable. It's a story with a meeting, right? To the people there. And he said, um, let's see. Uh, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuous, sumptuously every day. That means he had it made. Verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Verse 21, and desiring to be fed with crumbs, he fell He fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs, that means he went to beg for food and stuff. Rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, so they, he never let him in. He just, you know, said, leave me on, get away from here. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, and in hell, that's the place of burning torment forever for rejecting God. You're by yourself in darkness. The only light is from the fire and you smell sulfur and you're suffering and being tormented by the demons there. And you're also burning and you have a, spe a special body given to you that will never be burned up. You just feel it, feel it, feel it forever, never, never, never. Hollering and screaming and grinding your teeth. It says in the King James that it's um, gnashing your teeth. It means grinding your teeth, the pain so bad. Uh-huh. Let's see. Okay, verse 23. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments. He said torments, plural, not singular. There's many torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. That means he was with he was with Abraham in a place that was divided. Was back then, before Christ died. So before Christ died, those that were godly had went to a holding place until Christ came to take them to heaven. And it came to pass the beggar died and was buried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died. Oh, excuse me. Let me get over here. And he cried. Uh, this is uh, this is Lazarus. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Flame means burning. Verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime re um, re receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And, and verse 26, And besides all this, between... Us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can uh, cannot neither can they pass to us that would would come from thence. Verse 27. Then said, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Verse 28. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them lest they also come into the place of torment. And verse 29, Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Verse 30, And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went into them from the dead, they will repent. And 31, And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. The one rose from the dead. You know, and even in the Bible, it says in Christ, 
when he raised Lazarus from the dead, right, that some people still didn't believe it. The religious class did not believe it. They said, oh, it's a trick, whatever. So it goes right there to show you. But it's true. If you've got to have some kind of big thing happening for you to believe, it's not going to last because it's emotional. you got to come by faith, humbling yourself like a child. In fact, let me go to 1 Corinthians here. I hadn't planned to read this, but since we're on this subject, let me get into the Word here. And I believe it's down here. Yeah, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, see, okay, chapter 1, verse 20, where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the disputer of the world, hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world, so that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, start at verse 20 in the New Testament, uh, verse 21, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by foolishness, by the foolishness of preaching, to save them that believe. So in other words, you got to humble yourself as a child and believe. You know? Things we want to tear it apart. If we can't see it, we can't believe it and all this stuff. There's a lot of things we don't see that we just believe like that thing with a chair. You're not looking at it. You don't know. You've never seen that chair before. You just go and sit on it. You can believe in a chair, but you can't believe in the God that gave you breath. The God that created this world. Remember, if somebody created a building that you can see, somebody created the world that we can see. Uh, this Bible right here, this Bible just didn't make itself. Uh, you just didn't sat at a table and all of a sudden just popped up. The cover came and then the pages flew on it. It didn't know. Somebody made this. They got the manuscripts and then they had a machine and stuff to make this. You know, there's got to be a maker. But you can fool yourself into believing there's no God. I would suggest that you ask God to show himself to you or reveal himself, and he will. Pick up a Bible and start reading it. In fact, start reading the book of John and read that whole book. And it'll help you to, to discover God and ask God while you read it to show you. And he will. But you've got to make the move. God's, God supplied everything you need. Especially in America, it's up to you to get it. Now, in other countries, it's different. It's hard, whatever, but could you say, well, what about those who's never heard the gospel? If you see the world, God created the earth, the heaven, the trees, whatever, something made that, right? So you say, oh, God, creator, you know, help me, whatever, and he'll reveal himself to you. You know, it just depends where you're at. But those that have the Bible and have heard the gospel, you're responsible. You're also responsible even more so. Because you've heard this and still reject it. So, we went through the Word of God. Now what? Okay. Well, now you need, if you're, if you don't, if you've never repented to God for your sins of breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, then you're lost and going to hell. When you, if you're, if you get killed or whatever, you, or, or or you just stop breathing and you die, whatever. Death is going to come to everybody. That means if you die without repenting to God and start serving God, you're on your way to hell. So what do we do that? 
Well, in the book of the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and 13, it says this. Uh, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God is raised him from the dead, that shall be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It didn't say might be, it says shall be. But you got to come with a sorrowful heart. And how do you do that? Well, we done went over the Ten Commandments, right? Or, or the majority of them. If you've lied, if you committed one, you're already guilty. So we all know we're liars. Um, we're thieves. We've committed adultery in our heart. We've hated in our heart. Come on. We're guilty. So now we must repent to God with a sorrowful heart. Come to God and say, Lord, I know I've broken your moral laws. You see, it's just like if you're in court. See, God is the... He's a judge of the universe. But down here, we go to court when we do something wrong. If you have a bunch of speeding tickets and you're before the judge, I say, oh, judge, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do better now. And I say, well, that's great, but you still got to pay for what for these tickets you've had. And when he tells you, the money is a lot of money you don't have, so therefore you got to go to jail. And somebody you don't know came up and just paid it because they're showing you mercy. Wouldn't you be thankful? Well, that's what God did. Jesus came and walked uh, three years, three and a half, three years. Then he took the, uh, he was preaching the gospel, the new, the good news. What I'm telling you now, I'm sure he did a lot better way. But um, then you can read that in the New Testament. And plus, you can go to Isaiah, the, the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and it even tells you about Jesus in there. Because it's exactly what he did. So anyways. Uh, um, so. You know you're guilty. Um, so you know you're guilty. So you've been set free now. Because somebody's paid the price. Of what you owed. For the for the wrongdoing you did. Now the judge can legally set you free. That's what Jesus did. He went Because after that. He went. And he allowed himself to be beat. He was the son of God. God in the flesh. He allowed himself to be beat and whipped. Till it was unrecognizable. Then he went to a Roman's cross. And he was hung there. They put large nails in his hands and his feet. And they propped him up. To where you have to hold up to breathe. And if you don't hold yourself up you'll suffocate. So he did all that. Then when he died. He gave up his ghost. He said it is finished. He said it is finished. That means he went through the punishment we should have went through. He went through all that torment that we should have went through. So now we can come by faith believing, but you must come as a child. Have a sorrowful heart. I'm sorry. Just like if you, if your, if your parents said, hey, why did you do this wrong thing? And you feel bad about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the same way. You don't have a contrite spirit. Be sorrowful. Then ask God for forgiveness. Say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. And then take the trust you have in yourself and put it and transfer that trust to the Lord Jesus like you would a parachute. If you're in a plane that was about to crash and you got a parachute to save you, you put it on tight and hold it because you know it's going to save you from the jump to come. 
And you have some people that don't believe they're going to crash, and maybe whatever's wrong with them. They say, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're nuts. But you know the plane's going to crash. So you're holding tight. Don't care what anybody says. That's how you're going to do with Christ. You put them on and hold tight. And you read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. Because Jesus says in the New Testament, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And that's how it works. It's real simple. Now, um, if you would like to send donations or write a letter or whatever, you can send it uh, to Bible Education Institute at 6, 624 624 Tyvola Road. And that's T-Y-V-O-L-A Road, Suite 103-166, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28217. It's 28217. The email is Bible Education Institute, all lowercase, at at gmail.com and the phone number is 910-747-5215 now resources great way to learn watch on YouTube there's another guy I've seen Jack Hibbs he's good um, and he says I think it's real life for today he's good but also living waters fantastic with Ray Comfort at uh, and uh, the website of livingwaters.com this is all you can watch on YouTube. Ashes in Genesis with Ken Ham. And at ashesandgenesis.org. Wall Builders with David Morton. Wallbuilders.com. Dr. Walter Martin. WalterMartin.com. You can watch on YouTube. I would suggest you do it by Bill Wise. It's called 23 Minutes in Hell. Fantastic. It's about 20, 30 minutes. Well worth it. And remember, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, to, to click the subscribe button and hit the bell and uh, like I said if you want to donate that would help us to keep going uh, any donation you can make would be fantastic or just to write a letter or we'll pray for you whatever so do it